Welcome to A Couple of Kimers Podcast, where your favorite millennial couple shares a couple of thoughts about a couple of thoughts. Today and every day, we navigate relationships and learn to love the journey. We are your hosts, the Kimers. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you my handsome, super intelligent husband, Chris. And I introduce to you my beautiful and talented wife, Francesca. And today on a couple of Kimers podcast, we will be navigating the relationship of being a pet owner. Before we get into that, though, we will start off with attitude of gratitude, like always. Yes, <laughs> I always say that. Um, but I'll start because I am grateful for the break that we've had, um, and. Everyone who stood beside us while we were on our break, we just needed some time to rest, reflect, and recuperate. So, we are back with some great topics. Um, If you have a topic, feel free to let us know what you'd like to hear from us. Um, But we already have some great ones in the works, but we always like to know what you guys like to hear. So... Um, We will definitely consider those and eventually get to them. So please let us know. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for, not only that you mentioned about rest, but I would say I'm, I'm just grateful for family and the people in our lives who really continue to, you know, support us. Um, with the podcast but beyond the podcast and just in general you know it's it's a great feeling and I'm just very appreciative and don't take it for granted because you know life is so short and you just can't take good people you know for granted especially when there's people that you're related to or even if you're not related to them but you have that close bond to where you, you know you could be related to them so Overall, I would say I'm grateful for um, the support that we have in our lives. Okay. Me too. So let's get into it. Being a pet owner. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, during this quarantine and just in everyday life before and, well, we don't know after a pandemic. Um, but in the quarantine, of course, in the pandemic, You're in close quarters with people on a more consistent basis than ever before, including your pets. So I would say some highs and lows in general. And then, of course, we'll touch on being in the quarantine and and the pandemic. Um, Some highs would be they're so loving. Yeah. Um, As long as you have a loving pet. I can only speak for my point of view uh we have two dogs and a fish we had a frog that didn't make it oh no (laughs) but that was before the pandemic um but yeah um the dogs well i'll just speak specifically on the dogs because i mean fish they're just pretty fun to watch sometimes you know you just gotta keep the water clean etc it's not much to say there so we'll just kind of focus on um, dogs, so maybe you should be more of a dog owner than just pet owner. But yeah. I mean, some of these go both ways. Either way, some of the highs are 
as long as your dog is a loving dog, which most dogs are. I had mine since they were puppies, so kind of got to be that, like, mold them, kind of get them the training instead of having to, you know, um, fix maybe what they've been through if they were, like, a rescue, which, I mean, I think that's great. If we were to ever get another dog, I'd want to rescue instead of get a puppy, I think. Um, but being that I didn't have pets growing up, um, not dogs, I had fish, <laughs> but no dogs growing up, no cats, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, having my, having them for the first time, they were puppies. So, um, they're just loving. We have two Morkies, small T.C. Yorkie mix, and I got them before me and Chris met. So, mm-hmm. but now we're all family. Yeah. So I would say that's ha- some of the highs, like they're, um, a high and a low is that they're energetic. <laughs> you know, oh, energy yes. is contagious. So if you're having a bad day, sometimes they just do silly stuff and things like that, and it's funny. But also, when you're irritated and they are nonstop, because our dogs are like day and night. It's like <laughs> one of them is pretty mellow on a regular basis. I mean, she's anxious, so at noises, she is not mellow. But just laying around the house, she could be lazy. The other one... Rarely a lazy moment. Hot be bopping all around. So I mean the real energizer bunny. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so um I think that would be high and a low is the energy that uh, a dog can bring to your home. Um lows is, you know, especially with smaller dogs. Our dogs are smaller dogs. The training, um, especially like the potty training and things like that. Chris kinda missed that stage. Even though sometimes they still have hiccups, he don't miss that stage because that happens. They go through just different times where they're a little bit more what we consider rebellious and they do things that are, you know, can be damaging to your property or things like that. Um, So those are more like pros and cons, not really highs and lows. I said highs and lows, but pros and cons. Um, But overall, I think having a pet is a pro. I mean, they're like part of the family. Like, I would never. I saw this thing. I saw this meme. It said, would you um, sell your dog if somebody offered you a million dollars? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Oh, you wouldn't? I thought mm, there was a small chance you might say you would. <laughs> no, i I was attached. like, no. Yeah, I mean, I know dogs are not kids. They are not humans. I'm fully aware I'm not one of those people. However, I think they're part of the family, and I'm not about to sell my family member. Like, in that scenario, not in every scenario does this fit, but in that specific scenario, I think that's the same as saying, if somebody offered you a million dollars for your kid, would you sell them? In that scenario. Now, house on fire, I can only save one person. Is it my dogs or Chris? It's Chris all day. Like, (laughs) it's not, like, so don't get me wrong here. But... I'm not selling my dog. Not for, I don't care what you offer. Nothing. So, that's just how I feel. What would you say are some pros and cons? Being that you are, you inherited the dogs in the relationship. Uh, They were already, well, Reese, I had had a year. And then Rue, I got in the beginning of us dating. But we were, you know, just dating. So, we weren't even official, I don't think. No. Yeah, so. How is it like? What's the pros and cons of inheriting, of being a dog owner of a inherited dog? It's kind of like adoption for you, kind of like 
when people or rescue, I should say, rescue adoption, it's like you know they already had a bit of a past when you met them. Yeah, I, I mean to be honest, I would say, you know, some of the pros would be, you know, whenever you're feeling down, they definitely can light up your day, um, especially if you. I said that Kimmer. Right, but I mean, like, if you, you know, happen to feel sad, excuse me, you're overwhelmed or just, you know, overall kind of feeling depressed, you know, it definitely helps when they can hop up next to you and and just sit there. I kind of call them like my therapy dog sometimes because, I mean, it does feel like a sense of relief when they do sit next to you and... You know, you can just exhale after having a long day or whatever you're feeling or going through. So it is nice in that sense. That's definitely a pro. Um, but a con would be, you mentioned it earlier when it comes to, like, the accidents. Um, you know, especially when you already cleaned up area, wherever, and then they go and then you accidentally step in it. That's... I would say that's one of the cons from the standpoint of you've already put in the time and the effort to do something, and then when that happens, it's like, Ugh, but you know, they're animals, so they're going to do what they do. Yeah. They're, I think they're more like forever children. If we want to compare, like, kids and dogs, it's like, okay, I mean, it depends on the dog, but our dog's lifespan, I think, is like, 12 to 16 years or something. So it's like by the time a child is 12 years old, they're way different than when they're first born. Like the maturity level up there, especially 16, like that's dang near an adult. This looks like the closest to an adult you can get without being an adult. Um, But dogs, I don't care if they're one month old or 16 years old. They need that care. So that's like a big thing to consider. And I mean, some of these are like, duh. But I don't know. If you're considering getting a pet, like, you might not have thought of this. Um, They definitely mature. Like, there are puppy attributes and, you know, full-grown dog attributes. And they're different. And it is similar in, like, a dog's line of maturity. But overall, they're, you know, they're never going to be able to open their own door. I mean, all of these things have little caveats, you know, and there are more dogs, there are dogs that are more trainable than others, but, um, you know, in general, you have to be there, you got to feed them, they're not going to be able to get their own water and food and, you know, ever, so that's just, they can't be left alone for long periods of time, um, just things like that, I don't know, um, yeah, I agree with that. They definitely create that sense of, like you said, forever children and that there are certain needs that they have that we, as owners, have to always attend to. And I think, like, our generation, like millennials, we have, a lot of us have decided to only have pets and not children. Have you found that? No. Really? I know a lot of people who don't want children. They just want pets. Mm. 
I guess I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I know of personally, but I think that's because a lot of, you know, people that I know are married and or already have a child or kids. Well, I think when not already having kids and kind of, you know, navigating that decision, mm-hmm. who knows what will happen. I mean, we're all still just, you know, late 20s to mid 30s at this point um as far as millennials go but i think a lot of people i would say the percentage of millennials that decide not to have kids is extremely smaller than the percentage of even gen x Mm -hmm. that decided not to have kids yeah so i think pets being a pet owner is and the type of pet owner because even like back in the day people would have dogs but they're outside dogs you know Having a pet oh, yeah. that you, you know, coddle more and treat more like a human, keep them in the house, let them sleep in your bed, you know, things like that. I think that's more prevalent in our generation than any other generation before us. Yeah. Not to say no one did that, because we all know at least one person that treats their dog like a kid, probably in each generation. But I mean, as far as just in general consens- consensus, I think people our generation is more prone to have pets before children. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tell me what y'all think. That's been my experience. Um, and they always say, you know, pets is a good way to see how you'll parent and the decisions that you'll make. I feel like for us it's been different, though, because we didn't get the dogs together. Yeah. Like, I know people, like, get married or start their relationship and live together or whatever, and then they get a, they together get a pet. But, like, ours was different. Yeah. So, it's hard to say. We already had a little system established when you came, when you came along, but it's worked. We haven't really tweaked it that much, what would you say? No, I would say it's pretty steadfast, I mean... They have their routine when it comes to eating, going to the bathroom, things like that. So, yeah. I don't think anything's changed. Yeah. I haven't been the best owner with, like, doggy dates and stuff. But that's why I got two, so that they won't be bored. That was my whole reason. Mm-hmm. Because I know I wasn't going to be that person, going to the dog park all the time, having little doggy dates. I mean, I think it's cute, and in my mind, that'd be great to do. But I just know myself, and it's not going to happen, so... Um, dog training and like for new dog owners um, I definitely say socializing them right away as soon as possible after they get their shots and stuff um, getting them dog training as soon as possible whether you do professional training or whether I mean there's tons of stuff on YouTube all that stuff um, from my experience I don't know if it's like just the personality of my dogs or what but my first dog, I got official training, and she trained way better than the second dog. And my dogs, our dogs, sorry, I say mine a lot because I'm just used to it, but our dogs, before they were our dogs, they were my dogs, um, they are from the same mother and father, like, um, dogs. So they have the same genetic makeup, pretty much, so it's easy to kind of compare um, cause you know, it'd be different if it was totally different dogs or, or totally different breeds, but they're both from the same doggy parents. So I, it's easier to just directly compare them. And 
my first one, I got official training because I never had a dog, whatever. And I thought, oh, with my second one, I'll just do what we did in training. Like, why do I have to pay for it again? Because it costs and it's not cheap. Um, I did the pet smart way. So, I mean, there's other options. There's people you can look on Instagram, whatever, social media, people, you know, uh, marketing themselves. I'm sure you could find someone that fit your budget, but there's mm-hmm. always YouTube. And I, like I said, I just found that the official training was better for my two. I don't know. My, my smallest dog, my younger dog, she never got official training. Um, I was, I say professional training. She got the hammock down of what. I learned from the first professional training before she was around because my dogs are one year apart. Um, so, of course, I had one before the other. Not of course, but I did. I got them both around the same time in their life. So I got, I had one and then I got another one a year later. Um, so, also dog training is pretty much dog owner training. Uh, you have to learn how to be consistent so that they'll be consistent and I think that's definitely um, a reflection on your personal discipline when you're trying to discipline your dog. And I'm sh- not, not a parent, obviously, but I feel like that probably has leaks over into parenthood as well. <laughs> you know, if you want your kids to have a good diet, you probably are going to be having have a good diet as well. I don't know. I'm not even going to go down that route, but I'm sure some of that can translate into parenthood as well. But that's just what I learned from being a dog owner is they call it the dog training, but it's kind of dog owner training. <laughs> um, so another thing in relationships when there's pets involved um. I have never personally experienced this, but um, when relationships end and it was a pet that both of, you know, you considered it both your pets, who gets the dog? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, for some reason, it, it just makes me think about you know, kids in a divorce type of thing. Who who does a child live with and all of that but stuff. But I feel like that decision is way more heavy than a dog. Oh, yeah, than it a is. Dog, though. Those are, that's one that, I mean, yes, it has some, like, very small similarities. But the impact, I mean, I love my dog and I want my dog to be happy. But, like, my, is my dog really, like, I just don't hold it to the same value as a human. No. So, they have value, no doubt. My dog is very valuable. Both of my dogs are very valuable. But humans are more valuable to me. And they produce more, like, to society. They're more constructive to society than dogs, I would say. Kind of. I mean, depending on the dog. Like, in a general sense, Yes. But some dogs probably bring more joy than some humans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to the thing when the relationship ends. I've, I've heard a lot, many a times that that is, like, a big deal. And I've heard of people, like, sharing the dog, like, <laughs> like co-parenting the dog. That's just a bit much for me. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, my thing is. I don't ever wish to experience that. 
Me either. I, I would say whomever, you know, really prefers them, but I guess that would be hard to say because maybe they both feel strongly invested. And oh, yeah. At that point, I don't know, I just feel like at that point someone would have to give in. What I have found through just people I know, good, bad, or ugly, I think very similar with kids, the woman ends up with the dogs. <laughs> just like many times, nine times out of ten, probably nine and a half times out of ten, women end up being the the parent, the main parent um, mm-hmm. when relationships end. So, I don't know. I just think it's, I mean, it's not funny, but it's just something you think about in relationships. One thing that I don't think I'd ever have thought about until, you know, people that I know went through it. It's like, who gets the dog? And there's like a fight over the dog. And it's very serious. Yeah. yeah. So, another major decision I'd say for dogs is like, what I found is like the dog food that they'll eat. It's so crazy. Like these are just things that I thought were just simple and they just were not like dog food. You're like, Oh, puppy chow. Well, my vet told me that puppy chow is like the McDonald's of dog food. But how many people do we know that live off of McDonald's? And I mean, I'm not trying to say they have the best life, but they're not dead. Nope. So, I don't know. I know tons of people who believe in puppy chow, dog chow, and that's all they feed their dogs. Yeah. But my dogs are bougie. We eat neutral over here. Um, and then there's like dog food allergies. It's crazy. Dogs be having sensitive stomachs. Like, it's a whole thing. So, that's just something to keep into account when you get a dog. Like, you might think you're going to be feeding your dog puppy chow because that's one of the least expensive, one of the less expensive ones. But your dog might not take kindly to puppy chow or dog chow. So, be ready to maybe fork out the some money on that food. I mean, we get the big old bags. 40 pounds. That lasts the girls like two two months, two and a half. Mm-hmm. So, Amazon subscription delivery. I know people who like using Chewy. To me, that's just the easiest. Like, they always going to renew it. And you always going to have food. You don't have to worry about it. And if you get large amounts because you have a large dog or multiple dogs, um, getting it through the delivery service, all you got to do is drag it from your doorstep in the house instead of, all through the store, in your car, in your house. So, that's just my personal recommendation. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. Because once you see it outside, you just pull it in and take it to the kitchen. That's it. And then vet bills. Oh, goodness, yes. There's and there's no real insurance for dogs. Like, there is an insurance that, that some different providers have. But ultimately, like, it's not great coverage. And some dog procedures are very expensive. You know, from the get-go, if you're going to fix your dog, neuter or spay your dog, that's an expense. Vaccines, that's an expense. Um, 
if you want to get them chipped in case they get lost, that's an expense. Some, I mean, I guess all of these things are technically optional. You don't have to get them fixed. You don't have to get them vaccinated necessarily. But some of these things, I don't know. I recommend it. But I also recommend making sure you go to a trustworthy vet because I have heard of vets giving too small a dogs too soon of vaccines and it's not ending well, if you know what I mean. So waiting is fine as well. But these are just like the standard things you're going to be approached with if you take them to the vet. And then depending on where you live, like you need to have them registered with the county or the city gotta have the rabies vaccination and the tags and the collars and all that stuff i mean i have family that live in more rural areas down south and they don't be doing none of that stuff to their dogs but our dogs are city dogs <laughs> they got all that stuff yep sounds like you we're talking about uh another human because when you say all these things and then with the insurance part it's like well, what does insurance actually cover? You pay it every month, and like ours, it pays the sitting fee. So no matter how many times you make appointments with the vet, like just to make an appointment with the vet a lot of times costs, like just to enter their office. It's not usually much, like not more than 10 bucks usually, but you don't have to pay it. And then you get discounts off the procedures. Just discounts, though. It's not fully covered. I think all vaccines are covered, like basic vaccines because they had the flu vaccine, the COVID vaccine or whatever for the dogs. And that was not covered. Those, those kind are extra blood work and all that stuff is slightly discounted, but it's like, sometimes it makes you wonder if it'd be worth it, this insurance, but also you got to pay it. So if you go to the vet, it's not like the doctor where they're going to bill you. Like you pretty much, gotta have a plan to pay or they're not gonna do it so if your dog needs something emergency and you don't pay it pretty much up front they're not gonna do it or you could get care credit open up a credit account for it which is astronomically um insurance the interest mm. so it's not much options there's way less options with dogs so yep it's crazy. But yeah, definitely expensive when it comes to taking care of a pet. It's definitely with dogs. But it's rewarding, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you choose not to have children or are unable to and choose not to adopt or, you know, raise a human however, however all the many options are, um, I do think... Pets are a close second as in rewarding and like having, it's not a legacy of a family, but it's a family. Yeah. You know, so um, it's just whatever, whatever floats your boat. But recent rule are kind and when they want to be, <laughs> but no, seriously, I enjoy um, playing with them and being around them, you know, they bring a lot of positive energy. Learning their little personalities is so cute and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So let us know if you have pets 
and your favorite thing about your pets? Let us know. Yeah, and let us also know, you know, how do you navigate being a pet owner or dog owner in this time and day and age? Thanks for inviting us on your journey today. Make sure you rate and review if you like what you hear. Also like, subscribe, and share with a friend. See ya. I love you.